welcome to the MMA Roadshow, episode number 456. My name is John Morgan, and Cole Coffee is with me once again here at the MMA Roadshow, where every week, for one consecutive week, we have gotten together <laughs> to talk about <laughs> MMA. <laughs> no, listen, I'm going to say it right off the top. First of all, let me just say, Cold Coffee is in the incredible Casa de Cold Coffee in Las Vegas. I am here in St. Louis, the gateway to the West. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But before we get too far anything, I just have to say thank you. Cold Coffee uh, brought the crew together in Las Vegas at UFC 296 and was able to cover for me uh, because I was I was a little bit ill. My schedule was a little bit crazy, and uh, I thought, by the way, that you, you did a phenomenal job, man. I really, I really enjoyed what you guys did. It was a, a unique experience listening from the outside, but I thought you guys did a great yeah. job. And <laughs> and I'm, I'm just guess now maybe I'm wondering if this kind of lit this fire into you now, where you're like, you know, this is this is my podcast. It really always has been my podcast. And uh, John Morgan, maybe it's time you step aside because the real talent is right here. That's right. You know, I'm just going to keep leaving the without John Morgan on the on the title. Funny. I don't know if you caught it. That it's was so funny. funny. I, I was like, I was doing all these little things. I was like, how can we do it where it's just going to drive him crazy, but not too bad? Yeah. Because I even I even showed some of the guys. I was like, what do you think if I do this? They're like, oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. That was good. Uh, but no, it was kind of funny. It was great getting the guys. I, I was so lucky that everybody was in town. It was good that we had Nolan uh, was in town, so we were able to get, get him on. And, and sh- shout out to Nolan. Nolan's listened to like every episode and like I tease him because like we all have buddies that do podcasts. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to keep up with everybody's, but it's funny. He sent me like one of these um, images that like Spotify or one of his, one of the podcast things sent him like showing like uh, what podcast was like his number one listen right. podcast. And it was the road show. Wow. And he logged over like thousands of hours of like listening or something. I was like, heck that yeah, man. Awesome. So, so I was glad that we were able to get him on, and I was glad that uh, uh, Oscar was around, and we had Jose on. You know, hopefully someday he's gonna get picked up by a, an outlet <laughs> one of these days. He's trying. Um, but keep no, grinding, it was young so man. Funny. Keep grinding. Yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> keep grinding. It's funny because we had everybody, and it was just kind of just very very loose. And it's funny. There's points where, and it's funny because uh, Nolan was just laughing, looking at like, what is John gonna think about this? Because like I'd be talking to Nolan about a point, but then. Oscar and Jose would go off on a point, and it was like we were having two different conversations, yep. but we happened to be taping the podcast at the time. Um, so it was fun, and it, it just kind of – I just let it go because it was something fun and something different. But, um, yeah, no, we had fun, and I, it was it was fun to kind of bust your balls a little bit. But I knew for for reasons, if you if you could have been on there, yeah. you would have been on there, you know, and the, and your schedule's getting busier and stuff. And, and it certainly with, uh, with feeling well um, – doesn't help any things and listening to your voice right now sounds like uh you're still sort of dealing with it oh man dude yeah it's uh it's for some reason like i so i got sick it was funny so we'd already agreed that i wasn't gonna do the show on wednesday um and, and i had a lot going on one, one of them was my kids guitar concerts like i didn't want to miss that and i was packing and i was leaving the next day and i had a couple interviews that i had to do for my cfsc duty so it was just gonna be really tough so we agreed that hey man i'm gonna miss tomorrow and i, I appreciate that and then i woke up on wednesday morning and i was sick i mean bad so i was like okay well this worked out good because i don't have to talk because yeah even right now like i'm battling back a cough uh so i got sick went out to atlantic city man atlantic city i was scared to death that i was not gonna be able to get that show done man i i I literally was just pounding tea and water and i had my hand on the cough button 
uh, because I was coughing constantly. And fortunately, I, I masked it all together pretty good. Myself and CM Punk were working. He actually afterwards like, gave me a big hug. He was like, bro, like you did good to make it through that, man, because <laughs> I had talked to him in the afternoon, and he was like, man, you sound awful. So uh, so I made it through, which was good. And then came back for USC 296, watched that, uh, and then went home. And it was funny, dude. The uh, I, I, I've been slammed, so I haven't gotten to see the reaction. But the half episode that day – was a joke. I was literally just laughing at myself. For the so the fine folks <laughs> over at Patreon.com/slash The Roadshow that support us, I appreciate you uh, for p- even putting up with my voice because it was terrible, right? Uh, so then Sunday we had really cool plans. We had family plans. Uh, we had reservations at the uh, the Fountain Blue, the brand new hotel that has been under construction for like ten plus years in Las Vegas. And man, I'm telling you right now, I took my wife and kid there on Sunday night just for kind of a uh, you know a relaxing little staycation day or whatever. That place is nice. It is uh, It is not cheap, but it is nice. And there's like 3,500 rooms there, man. It's this huge, huge property. So we did that, which was fun. Um, and then I took a red eye Monday night from, uh, from Vegas to Raleigh-Durham and was hoping I would get some sleep. But th- it was a direct flight, which was awesome, but it was on Delta where I have no status whatsoever. And I guess Delta, for whatever reason, when you buy like the, the basic economy, they won't even let you pick your seat. So I thought I'd be able to pick my seat the day of, but instead I got a middle seat in the back between a, a couple of other, you know, sizable gentlemen or whatever. So I was trying to sleep overnight. I couldn't do that. Got to North Carolina, drove to the wrestling event at Campbell University. Um, did We did three meets. So we did back, you know three, three events back to back to back. And uh, now uh, did that last night, then flew to St. Louis today, um, and I think I'm sicker now than I was when I left town uh, last week. So uh, it's it's rough, man. It's it's going around right now. Everybody's got it, man. It's going around. It is going around. It is going around. But I'm telling you, man. Circulated air from the planes. If if you, mm. I can even go. I feel like I go on a plane sometimes. I can get off a plane feeling worse than you go on it. You know, you feel stuffy and sort of. Congested, but I know there's a bunch of like sort of chest colds and chest stuff going around. So I wonder if, uh, you know, that just, you know, exacerbated the whole situation Probably. for you and just made Probably. it worse. I mean, it didn't help that you were hanging out with Ian Gary and his wife. I mean, at that one other casino, but I don't want to tell people about that, you know, and I know why you got sick, but it's all good. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad that Ian allowed you to share things. Um, oh, but, my uh, goodness. You're going there? <laughs> You're that guy? <laughs> Wow, cold coffee is inappropriate around the holidays. Uh, Yeah, look, (laughs) you know, obviously I do want to talk a little 296, uh, but I guess uh, holiday plans, I mean, look, it's it's a slow time. This is as close to an offseason as we get, right, in MMA. We're getting uh, three or four weeks weeks with no events. I love it. In fact, I I, I already showed John – Obviously, you guys can't see this because we're not, we're not filming this. But I did put on my uh, bestest uh, sweater. Oh my god! It's more like a sweatshirt, but it is. It was a gift for one Christmas, and it's a PBR Christmas sweater sweatshirt, which has PBR cans and reindeers flying in the air, and it's I think incredible. Some snowflakes somewhere, it, but it's um, it's worth yeah. <laughs> it's worth doing video. It's worth doing launching a whole video podcast. <laughs> Just so people can see this, it's incredible. It's it's it looks like it's made of fine stitching. Uh, it kind of looks like 
I would say I would compare it to say maybe like a New York Rangers hockey jersey, right? I mean, you know the colors of PBR, Ooh. but it's got across the shoulders, it's got some blue stripe there, and then some white and red stripe across the chest, and then it's got the big PBR logo. There's there's reindeer, there's snowflakes, <laughs> and I'm just telling you right now, like you and I have known each other for a long time, and I consider myself. You know, a good friend of yours, and I, and I hope that you feel the same about me. But whoever got you that is clearly your best friend. I mean, they they they're way past me on the ladder because that's incredible. They, they knew exactly what I needed. It's funny because the guy that got me this, I used to play uh, in a band with. Uh, he was my bassist. So you know, I'm telling you, if you, you ever want to form a good bond with uh, somebody, if if your rhythm section, I was the drummer, he was the bass player. You got to be lock in sync, and I think he understood that. Uh, he understood the assignment of what I needed that year, I guess. And Tell me. It's funny. It sits in my closet. It doesn't fit the best, but I'll never get rid of it. And I no. squeezed into it today for this because I was like, well, this is sort of the pre-Christmas episode. Right. And then we're going to have the next one will be the just post-Christmas episode. So I have another ugly sweater, sweatshirt for, for next week. But uh, this one I figured was more Sir. fitting. Did you, did you uh, say? Because an- it actually falls on this date. <laughs> it's not a PBR one. This one, I saved the PBR one for this one because it actually... Um, I don't know. I just felt it felt right for this one to bring this one out. The other one's not quite as cool as this one, but okay. it's still well, a ridiculous. Let me let me jump in and clarify something because you said another ugly sweater. Now listen, you <laughs> may have an ugly sweater, like you may break out, oh, but an not ugly, this one. Oh <laughs> no, no, sir, that is not an ugly sweater. I mean, that like I appreciate that. I'm You're right. right. You're right. I'm sorry, PBR. I'm sorry, PBR. It's, it's basically it's between that. And Fedor's sweater as to like what is the greatest sweater of all time, dude. It's 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 neck and neck, and I'm having a hard time, man. I'm having a hard. Time. I mean, look, you guys both like to knock out people, you know, with, with big shots. I mean, yeah, you, you, you wear know, nice there, sweaters. That was, the, that was the one fight that I thought would happen one day. People were saying, you know, you and Fedor need to match up, and I was like, no, <laughs> no, guys, no. You know, just leave leave some things to be better just talked about and not actually see play out, you know. Too Maybe I'll, I'll take a picture. I'll take a picture for the gram after this before I, before I somehow peel it off of oh, myself. You should. Uh, it, it I'll is, take a picture for the is, folks. It is absolutely but. incredible. <laughs> uh, all right, listen, I didn't get to see you much at USC 26. I was exhausted, man. After the show, uh, basically yeah. no sleep. Uh, flew in from Atlantic City. Went straight to Las Vegas. Uh, I mean, obviously – the adrenaline of the show was incredible, but afterwards I was like feeling sick and tired. I went home and got some sleep before I did the and Remember, a half I, episode. I almost left gear. Remember me almost leaving gear? We were like oh, the last yeah. ones leaving the room, and I almost left my tripod in the room. Was pulling out to leave, or no, I was putting stuff into the trunk. And it's like you go through such a routine. You're like, okay, this goes here, this goes here. And I went to put stuff in my trunk and said, this goes here. Uh, where's the thing that goes here? And I was like, are you effing serious? That was funny. And I was like, because uh, you were going to follow me out the other side path where hopefully there was going to be no parking to get out. That's right. Uh, they nipped that one in the bud. Yes, that was, they did. There used, uh, to, there used to be a little hack where you could get out of the T-Mobile Arena uh, parking lot for free instead not, of $30 not on this fight one. night. <laughs> Not yeah, they blocked that. They put a whole big old barrier up on there. I was like, oh, you, you had to, got you it. Had, they figured it out. You had to make a little turn. You had to get creative. You had to not follow the arrows. The arrows are more suggestions than they are really rules. You know what I mean? But there <laughs> used to be a way to get out of there for free, and, and, and they have fixed that. But They finally fixed it. But, yeah, so I ended up having to go and go back in and get my tripod. And I, do, I will blame it on the fact that my suggestion to the UFC for the year-end show was actually taken up. And on the last show of the year, as we were wrapping up the uh, post-fight, after everything, uh, the PR came up and said, 
We had a great year, guys. We want to thank you for here, and we have a little surprise for you in the back of the, the back of the room. And lo and behold, almost as a send off to their partner Modelo, there was a bunch of Modelos in the back of the room, <laughs> and Bro, I blame those Modelos. <laughs> I, that is funny. We did. It was it was funny. Uh, as you mentioned, Nolan King was there. It was nice to sit there, and me and you and him kind of shot the breeze for a little bit and caught up and just talked about some stuff and had a few few frosty beverages. Uh, I grabbed a few of the Modelos that were left over and took them home and had a few more the next yep. day. Uh, but yeah, it was kind of funny because. You know, you were like, dude, I, you're like, I, I had been asking for this, and they brought it. I'm like, first of all, I can't believe you've been asking for it. That's hilarious. But second of all, <laughs> it did, it did kind of make me think, like, huh, like Modelo's. I'm like, did somebody have like a whole bunch of Modelo's at the warehouse, and they're like, <laughs> at uh, the warehouse, yeah, like you know, January first. Like, what are we gonna do with these? <laughs> like, Give it yeah, to the media. We can never use these. If I was them, they could have easily. And if that's the case, they easily could have just been like, well, I'm just gonna visit the warehouse a couple times and just slowly. Uh, Dock that away on their own, but I'm glad they shared. Uh, but it made it nice. It was a nice, a nice send off. I like it when when that sort of stuff at the very end. They they get it, you know. If they, they covering them for a year is a lot of yes, it is events. It's a lot of business. So it was just nice at the very end of the year. They're just like, hell, guys, you're going to be stuck in here for another couple hours. Like, here, have a, have a couple beers and process your videos. Uh, so it was a nice little toast end off of the year. But I blame that for me almost leaving. My uh, roughly three four hundred dollar tripod, which wow. I ran. I don't run much, but I'll run to go get my gear. And the guy at the security almost wasn't gonna let me back in. He's like, "I'm not supposed to let you back in." I was like, "Bro, it's right there. Just let me get in. It'll be better than me trying to tell you how to go in there and look for my tripod." He's like, "Okay," and it literally took me thirty seconds. That's awesome. Good for him. Let, yeah, let, let, let common sense prevail. Let common sense prevail. Sometimes I know you're yeah. there for security, but come on, man. You just saw us walk out. You just saw me walk out, and I said, "Hey, have a good night." Like, come on, you know. See, hey, so the importance of being nice to people. You said, "Hey, have a nice night." You know, if you had been maybe, maybe if you'd been kind of it. a jackass to him, you, you know, he, you'd walk back down there and he'd be like, "Sorry, bro, I can't let anybody in." But because yep. you were nice and polite, he was like, "You know what? I'm gonna be polite to this guy too." I, I'm polite a couple of times. I can be known to be polite from time to time. Most people would probably contest that, but I am nice from time to time. And it's funny because you say that in the back of the room they had uh, they had that station where somebody do, makes like espressos or whatever. Yeah. Um, I went back there to get because I always go and get dirty chai. I just love dirty chai because I never go to Starbucks. I never go to any place that actually has chai. So I'm just like I'll have chai. And I'm like, dude, can you throw in like some shots of espresso? And I'll just call it a dirty chai. I was gonna say I've never so heard of that. Did you make that up, or is that a thing? No, I think it. I think they call it other things, but that's what I've always called it. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, because there's another phrase. I remember when I last year when I said that the the woman that was working it told me another name, but I forgot what we decided upon. So I just went back to my default dirty chai. Dirty chai. But what's funny is that when I went to ask for my, I was like, hey, can I get a couple dirty chais? And they're like, oh, you're the guy. I was like, wait, what do you mean? I'm the guy. I was like, wait, someone. They're like our boss who normally does this. She says there's a guy that always comes back and asks for dirty chais, and he's really nice and just take care of them. Because I, I, I start like the tip jar because usually I'll just be like, here's a couple bucks. And they're like, dude, thank you for doing that. And then later on when I got more, they're like, look what you started. And there was a little cup set up and more people put money. I was like, dude, it's, it's just the thing you do, you know, or whatever. But by being nice the previous year – their boss told them to look out for me. And when I went and did it this year, they were super, super nice. And they gave me my dirty chives that and is... they got tipped out or whatever. But it was so funny. And, and just, But it's like what you said. If you're just nice to some people, it, uh, they'll be nice it, back at you. It's a good life lesson. And I can vouch that while I like to joke with you sometimes, the angry candy does pop out sometimes, especially after long oh, work bad. days and that sort of thing. <laughs> you are overly nice to people sometimes. Like I love riding in an Uber with you because I know I don't uh, have 
don't have oh, to gosh. talk. You know what I mean? Like, I know I don't have to talk. Like, Kenny's got this, bro. I like, cold coffee's handling this, dude. Like, I, I ain't got to talk to this dude. I'm going to sit here on my phone and get my text done because cold coffee is going to handle this conversation. Yeah. I've had many, many Uber conversations of us with rides places. It's just like, yep. What's going on, driver? What's going on? And I feel I'm always feel slighted when they well, un- there's times when they don't speak English. I'm like, okay, I get it. But whenever they don't talk, I'm like, well, what what the f's wrong with you? Like, come on, let's <laughs> like, That's like it's so awkward. Funny. I'm riding in your car. I feel like we should talk. That's so funny. I'm like the exact opposite. I'm like, wow, thank you, dude. <laughs> Just get me to point B, please. Just get me to point B. Yeah. So. All right, listen, uh, I did want to talk to you a little bit about 296. Obviously, the continued fallout from Leon Edwards is what everybody's talking about and kind of what is going to be next. Now, you know, the night of, you know, I asked Dana White, you know, look, Bilal Muhammad is here. He weighed in as the backup. These guys have a history together. I mean, there's a little storyline there. You know, I know we don't match make on the night of fights, but a lot of times with title fights, they'll be like, yeah, that's definitely what we're doing next. And Dana was like, no, nah, I don't really make that decision right now, which, okay, that's fine. And then, you know, Leon comes back. It's like, well, listen, you know, Leon, you know, great win for you here. You know, you kind of get to call some shots as a champ. But, you know, don't you feel like maybe you guys have some unfinished business? Here's a dude on a nine-fight winning streak. He's been taking out some big names. Is this the guy that you want to fight? And Leon was like, eh, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm pretty good. And I don't know. I was, I was a little bit surprised. by. It. I mean, I get it, right? There's, I guess there's no reason to back yourself into a corner and make a matchup right away, right? Give yourself options, yeah. right? Give yourself options, you know. But I, I, there's also a part of me that just feels like, man, Bilal Muhammad has worked himself into this position, and Leon, you know, he struggled to gain popularity. And I just wonder if that would be something that would help him gain popularity if he was just like, yeah, if that's the best dude on the planet, if that's the dude they say is number one, then give me that dude next. You know, I already took out Kamar Usman twice. Y'all said he was the guy. I took him out. Then Colby Covington's been talking. I just took him out too. If y'all are saying this is the next guy, give me this dude. And I feel like people kind of like respect that behavior of a champ that's like, give me whoever's next versus like, well, you know, this is a little bit more interesting or I, I think this one, you know, drives a little bit more interest. And like I said, I don't want to criticize too much because I think it is smart to leave yourself options on the table. But I don't know. What have you thought about the fallout? And do you envision a scenario where Bilal doesn't get this title shot? I mean, he's definitely a deserving guy. And and I think what we've also seen too is that Leon, as much as he likes to say he has full control over who is next, I think we just saw recently with this, uh, the whole Colby, that, that that's not actually true. Yeah. You might, you know, he said that Colby wasn't the deserving guy and they still made that matchup. You know, so um, I think it's just a matter of, I mean, I think in his mind, he is really focused on that GSP record of how many um, title defenses. And I think any champ that's focused on that is going to try to set up the best possible path forward. And I think the best possible path forward does not start with Bilal Muhammad. Um, Mm. It does start if you're talking about the toughest, most deserving. I mean, Bilal Muhammad and Shavkat Rachmanov, uh, who the hell wants to fight those two dudes? Yep. Nobody. And especially not the guy that's like, uh, okay, I, I need to get whatever. Well, I don't know what the number, seven more, six more, whatever. That's ridiculous because uh, to get through both those guys um, would be amazing. Uh, I think it would be certainly almost, this is going to sound wrong, easier if we got past those two hurdles because then that's taking away the two toughest competitors right. that are out there, the two toughest contenders. But um, – yeah, I mean, I just saw it. I just, I, I'm not angry with it. I'm not whatever. I think also uh, what we've seen in the past, I mean, whether Dana said it or not, I mean, they. if you give the guy the backup role 
at one point it was like, well, you know, that was his justification of getting some of the title shot. Well, he was the backup role. You know, he's going to get it. So almost without saying, I can see where he doesn't want to, Dana doesn't want to just sort of, you know, put the line down and say, okay, this is our decision right now because we've also seen where these crazy matchups happen where somebody comes out with so much hype that they're just like, oh my God, it has to be this fight. As much as Shavkat did against Wonderboy, I thought Wonderboy looked a lot better than I thought initially going in that fight. So it's too. not like I'm clamoring for Shavkat to be like, oh man, after seeing what he did, like, oh my God, I still think he is absolutely fantastic and has every bit capable of beating Leon. Yeah, but get one more. I think that's Just the get toughest. One more. Get one more. Yeah, get one more. I think I think that's almost a tougher match uh, than Bilal, but I think Bilal is firing better on all cylinders than Shavkat. So maybe that sounds weird saying that I think Shavkat's more dangerous because I think Bilal's fighting at a higher level. I think when Shavkat's fighting, I felt like he, he seemed more human. Mm-hmm. Fighting against Wonder Boy. Wonder Boy was able to keep the distance, and now that maybe that could be because we're hearing what what was he? He, he hurt his foot. Yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's definitely worth pointing out that he had like a, a bad ankle injury or whatever. Yeah, so, that so something, something was with, going on. But, but I still agree. You know. it, it it was why I thought I don't want to say that you know you and I didn't get to talk before the fight. I wouldn't say that I thought Wonder Boy had a good chance of winning the fight. I mean, I picked Shavkat. But I think that people thought that Shavkat was just going to run through Wonder Boy. You always run forget over him. how tough yep. Wonder Boy is, right? Like Wonder Boy is just a weird puzzle. You know what I mean? And his takedown defense would look good too. You know, like now, now maybe that's partially because the ankle was working well, so he wasn't able to to go in on some of these takedowns. But he was just standing. I was like, when when he tried to go, I was like, Wonder Boy worked on that defense, and he looked so good. And I was just like. One, that's why I'm always glad that, you know, Wonder Boy, as much as people are starting to try to want to write him off and say, okay, well, we don't think you're going to get there. He still puts on these incredible performances against the top contenders. You know, he might come out on the wrong side like he did in this instance, but he left leaving better in my mind because of his performance, regardless of whether Shavkat wasn't 100% or not, because I, as well as you, picked Shavkat and... I thought he was going to kind of – I thought he was just going to bully Wonder Boy, yep. and he didn't. But, I mean, boy, um, on the flip side and completely unrelated, having Tenacious D there. That was cool. How cool. Dude, I saw him in the back on the video. I was like, okay, yeah, this is going to be my favorite walkout ever. I was that like, was this super is cool. This he is, this is up, so cool. I thought it was so badass. He ended up sitting right next to me, actually. He ended up sitting – I mean, there was like Did a they? little – Yeah, there was a barrier between us, you know what I mean? But he had – so yeah. it was funny. And I'll tell you what, it's funny. When I got in – Zach Brown was there. You never gave him my shout-out. Don't know who Zach Brown is, but uh, yes, I guess he He's is. He's the guy with the hat that was like right there at the very beginning, the bearded guy, yeah, the yeah, look, yeah. good-looking guy. Kind of reminds you of me, you know, um, <laughs> except he had a really cool hat. Great country artist, but he was there right at the beginning. Right, like, literally, the, I think he was the there first for the prelim. first prelim. When I saw that, he, yeah. you know, I didn't know who he was, but you know, it, it, you know, that VIP section usually doesn't fill up early. When he came in, I was like, I wonder who this dude is. And then when you, I saw your tweet that you're like, that's Zach Brown. And I think I've kind of heard the name, but I don't know him real well. But that is cool. Like you know, Anthony Kiedis used to go in, in the first, you know, yep. first fight. Like, I love fight fans that go to the first fight night. But it was funny because. I don't know if – maybe it had been talked about. I'm not sure. But it was funny because I was in my seat and I was hanging out and I looked over and uh, it's I never know who's sitting there. And a lot of times I don't even look at the seats. But when I was sitting there before it was empty, I looked over and the two seats next to me on the other side of that barrier where I sit were labeled Tenacious D. Tenacious D. Yeah, and it was funny <laughs> because I, t- I took a picture of it, but then I didn't tweet it because I was like, you know what, if that's a surprise, like I want people to be surprised and like see like, yeah. whoa, Tenacious D is here. Like that's awesome, you know. 
Yeah, then they threw him up on the screen. It was so awesome. He, uh, I love seeing some of the clips that came out afterwards, like Jack Black out there stretching and those guys doing their thing. It's so cool, and I'm just glad, you know. And I think if anything, I mean, like he put on a great performance. He didn't. He wouldn't. He didn't want to go out there and really just suck, knowing that Tenacious D finally came out. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty cool. Um, Dana did say in the back, he's like, I like walkouts like that. He's he's not big fans of them singing and doing whatever, which. If you would have gave those cats the 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 ability to do a walkout and actually singing and playing, they would have done it a hundred percent. And I guarantee it would have been awesome. It would they would have killed you it. You know, you know. But I can see where Dana's like, okay, there's a whole one. There's a cost element probably, and two, just the 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 effect and the 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 pacing and the speed. Yeah, they want to be very very in control with that they want that walkout to get to get out there, uh, get them. Get them lubed up and get them in the ring to fight. You know, like they're not trying to put on a three minute, four minute walk, having these guys do their thing. But I thought it was really, really cool doing that. And it's funny because you mentioned like it's cool. And I thought about Anthony Kiedis too because uh, Andre Feely was in the back and he was talking about Zach Bryan, a country artist that he likes. And I was like, you know, well, it's not Zach Brown, as Brian. But I was like, did you see Zach Brown out there? And he's like, oh, I didn't. He's like, I'm still Team Zach Brown. But he's like, but he went on to say he's like, that's cool that these huge stars show up early to watch all the fights and yep. get in there early and take up, you know, if you're going to give them these seats, you know, it's cool when they actually use it, they use it to the fullest. They don't just be like, Oh, Hey, thanks for the seats, Dana. I'm going to go party. And then I'll, I'll meet you in time for the main event. Tell me when, you know, when, when Donald gets there and I'll walk in and with him, <laughs> you know, like they show up at the beginning and uh, watch it. So yeah, mad respect to like the, the diehard fans, the guys that we're not seeing all the time, but when they get that, op- that option show up, you know, Super so cool. kudos to them. I love um, what's up with like uh, uh kid rock, just like hanging on fucking Donald sack. Every time he comes in there, they like a pair now. They're, every bro. time Donald comes like kid rock rocks in. And I feel like it's happening so much. They don't even announce him anymore. I know they used to be like, Oh, Hey, it's kid rock. You know, they put his music on and then they say something now. They didn't. They don't even say anything. It happens so much. I'm just like, kid, come on. Like, maybe come on your own, or you don't always have to just like tag along. Like, it's just awkward. I, I feel mean, like now know, they're playing the music. They're playing the American badass. He's yeah, but then they shine. don't even say. They don't even mention it. He's right behind Donald. Like, oh yeah, hey, by the way, guys, there's Kid Rock. I don't remember them in the broadcast even mention them. They just play his music and then they just let him be like one of his like handlers i'm like bro i tell you what's doing it so often now the broadcast not even giving you mention and maybe that was just a slip on the the broadcast side for not doing but it's just like come on yeah maybe they're like let's have it up i will say you know obviously when he walks in i was actually talking to somebody on the plane about this today it is incredible how the arena goes crazy when he walks in right i mean it's nuts but there was one part like everybody clamors to take pictures and shoot video i don't because i'm like whatever like i'm sitting on the other side of the arena dude like there's cameras right in his face it's cool but I will say <laughs> it was pretty – I don't know if funny is the right word, but, uh, you know, as as you do when Trump's in there, they started getting some F Joe Biden chants in the arena. And it just happened oh, – yeah. Bro, I just happened to look over at Trump when he was hearing it, and the smirk on his face, dude, of just like, mm-hmm, yep, mm, shaking his head and smirking. <laughs> oh, he's, he, he eats that shit Oh, up. my God. I couldn't believe I it. I mean, regardless of how you feel about the dude, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of him. I mean, he's still a man in, in a powerful position, a potential – you know, well, yep. he's a presidential candidate, and he's choosing the time to come out here and watch it. So, I mean, the, the arena's going to go crazy and, uh, you know, with reason. I mean – um, Colby, I swear to God, sounds like he's paid to just mention the dude, like by plug, like he must get a, a fee every time he mentions his name. He's like so over the top, like yeah, weird about it, it that it's just kind of strange and oddly like, like the dude's um 
just uh, he's like borderline stalker, like f- fanatic man. He's kind of, he just sounds weird when he rants about him. Um, but there are people out there that absolutely love the dude, and yeah, I mean, still seeing him come in, the guy is one of the most famous people in the world. He's maybe not the most famous, like uh, Kobe, Kobe says, says, but he is yeah. pretty darn famous. You know, being a former president and then you know having a you know the reality star stuff, but. Anytime somebody walks in that and you know, even just the affair, the fact they have to shut things down behind the scenes to, to walk him in, they have to shut things down in the arena to let him come in. It's a big to do and you can't not you can't not look at it and just take yeah. in the whole spectacle. Yeah. And I mean, it's a fighting crowd. I mean, it's blue collar folks. So, I mean, like that's kind of, you know, the the masses that he's preaching to and trying to reach out to. So they eat that shit up. But yep. I think anytime a president or a former president kind of walks in, you kind of got to give them the respect. You got to kind of give them, you know, the props for sort of showing up regardless of whether you like the man or not. But, um, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool that he comes out and that he's a fan of the sport. I mean, um, outside of that, you know, it, you don't see Dana get excited about too many things. He's excited when the Donald shows up. So it's, it's kind of uh, cool to just kind of see them all just sort of like, play uh play to this particular character you know this guy like dana comes in and rules the the roost most nights this night he takes a back seat he does when, when obviously when uh when uh trump's in there but it's, it's unique it, it's i thought cool. and i like that the the broadcast didn't go to him they let him just watch the show yeah, but yeah. don't throw it and it's funny i say that i was like man they haven't really shown trump that much on the broadcast but then where he's sitting, you can't help but see him depending on where the action on the floor is, you know. So you get he's getting time on the screen. So but again, just like we talked about Zach Brown and some of these guys showing up, the guy's not just showing up for the main event. I mean he's getting there um, uh, you know, I think it was right at the start of the main card or maybe slightly just before that or whatever. So he's doing some time on the ground, you know, and I mean, um whatever you think. I mean that's he's he's repping for the sport. So you got to give him. You got to give him some points for that at least. So it's uh, uh it's actually it's pretty cool. cool. I think I've talked about it before. Like um, we don't spend a ton of time out on the broadcast, but when we do uh, CFMC shows in Atlantic City at the Hard Rock Hotel, that used to be the Trump Taj Mahal. So the building that we do our oh, fights in yeah. is the same building that they had those first Zufa UFC events that Dana always talks about. That you know, uh, that Trump was like, "Hey, come to your events here." And so it's always a little bit of a, a little bit of history, a little bit of nostalgia. Like I always feel pretty yeah. cool, like getting to do fights. They go there, way so. back. Yeah, they go way back. I mean, I think a lot of people think that it's it's like a recent um, partnership or a friendship. Like like you said, I mean, these guys go way back. They do. Um, so twenty plus years. It's pretty cool. You know, it's more than just you know um, face value. Like those two generally respect and like each other a lot and have helped <laughs> each other out through their career. So um, good for them. They do. All right, so you mentioned Colby Covington. I did want to get your thoughts on this because I don't ever really like talking about Colby Covington that much because I just feel like because of the the things that have happened between us that, like, anything I say, people are going to say, yeah, but it's personal to you and da-da-da. And it's not. It's really, really not personal to me whatsoever. Um, but I'm a little bit surprised to see – I mean, I guess surprise might be wrong because it was a, a – it's just there's no other way to say it. It was a poor performance, man. He did not give himself an opportunity to win the fight. But I'm a little bit surprised at the reaction because, man, I feel like people have jumped entirely off that bandwagon. And now you got people that I feel like they're suggesting, you know, Kobe will never win another fight as long as he lives or something. And I, I don't know. I mean, it was a bad night. There's no question about it. I don't know yeah. that he's ever going to be a champion. You know what I mean? But, like, I still think he can be in some meaningful fights. And I was, I don't know, I was a little surprised. Where do you stand on that? And were you surprised to see? Because I feel like, man, people are just like, off like they're they're not down for it anymore 
Yeah, it's definitely uh, wasn't the performance anybody was thinking. I th- it certainly seemed like he was gun shy the whole time. But you know, you almost kind of wish that uh, for his sake that he took a tune-up fight to kind of just get the you know get the see how things were working. You know, like we look at the highlights of what he's done in the past, and he's always been about pressure and that pace and just sort of swarming. And overwhelming guys, and he yep. did none of that this fight. He was always on the back foot, you know. Um, Leon did a great job of just sort of like cutting off the ring and and the cage or the octagon, whatever you want to call it, and making it his own. And it just always seemed like Colby was a bit gun shy. Yep. Um, you know, I I won't. I don't that last round. I mean, Leon, you know, he kind of shot himself in the foot, you know, by trying to really go into Colby's world, almost like he was trying to prove a point. He wanted to grapple and take him down. I think he would have made it look even much more of a five-round dominance if he just stayed on the feet and just kind of kept peppering him. Colby had some times when he was throwing at the counters, you know, and was trying to get in there, but, you know, it was almost like Leon was waiting for that as well and was just picking his shots. Um, I just felt like it looked like a rusty Colby and, and a rusty mm-hmm. a Colby that was up in, he was in his head too much. He, he gave Leon a lot of respect with, you know, with good reason, but he felt like um, he did such a good job of sort of talking up this role of what he was going to do. And on fight night, we saw a completely different character show up. Like he didn't get the, the, the script, the script from what was being said all through the week. Um, I think it's going to be a tough ask for him to, you know, depending on where they take him, you know, if they try to make him run through, you know, three or four fights to get back to a title fight, I just don't see him wanting to do that anymore. I think he's now switched into a role of just um, playing a heel and picking these the biggest fights possible. And right now, that's not another shot at the title. If the right. fight, if the title switches hands, say if it goes to like a Bilal or somebody else, um, then there's a potential, I think, where Colby, the fresh matchups, can get back in there. But now you got him calling out like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, where in my eyes, if the other two contenders that we're talking about are Shafkat and like Bilal, why don't you call those guys out to show yourself as being? Like he wants nothing to do with those guys. And even if, you know, I think when it comes to wrestling, this wrestling is going to have to be what's going to win that fight with Stephen because if the same guy shows up, he's going to get pieced up on his feet, you know, and... But I think that he's confident with Steven that he's just going to maybe the old Colby will show up. Right. And so in that sense, maybe it was just a ring rust version that we saw. Um, We spent a lot of time away. It just felt like um, we didn't we saw a version of Colby that um, forgot what the old Colby did in there. You know, I mean, we saw I mean, we saw clips of him training. He was hitting mitts fine. He was like what you would expect in the in the limited footage that I saw. But, you know, when you see things like even uh, the ceremony weigh-ins, and who knows if it was true and maybe I'm just listening, whatever. I thought, like, when they've matched up, you kind of see Colby saying, like, uh, I was in character. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was saying this. And, like, I'm like, bro, like, just stay the full thing. I felt like even him, he was in his own head during the week, you know. Like, he wasn't even just set and whatever. And I think – a lot of that just maybe entered left, let doubt enter his head. And I think that's what we saw. I'm not clamoring to see rematch anytime soon for that. I mean, I think that uh, he needs to get, he needs to work his way back up. I mean, like he got that shot because of the heat, because of the time away, because of we haven't seen him really take any crazy losses since the last time we saw him lose. But it's just like, 
I don't care to see him. I, I mean, I just don't think he wants to do the work to build himself back up. I think the best role for him now is just purely to call out fights for money and make yeah. his money and and go out and do his thing, you know. But yeah, I, I he's not going to win the belt anytime soon. The, it was clear why he called out Wonderboy, right? Like he's a guy that I think stylistically he's probably very tough for Wonderboy. Obviously, he's the oldest guy in the division. Um, you know, he's coming off a loss, whatever. I get it. I, I totally understand why. I think it would be badass to just be like, if Kobe was like, man, this this chump Leon Scott doesn't want to fight Bilal Muhammad because he's not a real champion for the people. He's trying to handpick his fights. You know what? I'll fight Bilal Muhammad. Like, if you guys think that's the number one contender, I'll fight that guy. That would be I don't, a baller move. I don't turn down anybody. Move. Dude, that would be a baller move and put yourself right back in the mix, right, where people are like, okay, okay, yeah. hold on. This dude's serious, you know? Because then he could go back and talk and say, all right, you got, you all saw that fifth round. You all saw I won that fifth round. I had more to give. You know, uh, I just beat the number one contender. Like, give me another shot. Yep. And then it's a matter of him trying to steal the thunder for shot. I in that instance, yes, I could see him getting another shot. But without beating the top, the top two at least guys nah. or challenging one of those two, no shot. That's There's only, no shot at all. That, that to me is the only path. That is literally the only way he could get back there. So, uh, and certainly yeah. that'd be a tough fight for him. But I don't know. Just something I, th- I thought he could do if he wanted to get back into it. I so. mean, I think he. It'd be, I think you'd be hard-pressed to find people to put money on Colby if he got lined up against Bilal yeah. or yeah. Shavkat after that performance. Yeah. Wonderboy is a different situation, but it's like Wonderboy is the guy that he's not in contention. He was trying to make another run, but like, let's be real. I mean, nobody was thinking that you know Wonderboy was going to make the run and, and was like the next to have his hands on the belt. You know, he had a tough path to get there, and I mean, and they gave him one of the tough guys, but he stepped up and took it. You know. Um, no one wants to fight Shafkat. No one wants to fight Bilal. Um, if you want to be the guy to get another shot, I mean, and you don't want to do the whole path to get back up there, which you should be doing after this much time off, and then we saw the performance. You gotta, you gotta. He's got to challenge Bilal. Yep. Make Bilal ask for him, and then the UFC will make that fight happen. 100%. But Bilal's smart enough to be like, "I deserve the title. Why do I need to take <laughs> another fight?" Dude's, dude's on a crazy streak, and he's taking dudes. You know, when he's been calling for the shot, like he, he deserves the shot. And I hate when people are trying to now say that Shavkat can skip him. I mean, that would just be really, really shitty on the UFC's part. Nah. You know, uh, Shavkat's Bilal day will come. Shavkat's day Bilal will come. needs the shot. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Shavkat's day will come. You got to give Bilal that shot now. I completely agree. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, and give Shavkat another guy. I mean, yeah. like, Wonderboy's a great win. Shavkat's got great number of fights, but let's be honest. I mean, like, jumping from Steven Wonderboy Thompson to a title shot is a bit of a leap. Yep. It's a bit of a leap, you know, so uh, I don't know. I don't know. Bilal, it has to be Bilal. It has to be Bilal. It yep. has to be Bilal. Find the right location to make it make sense, Dana. I mean, but it has to be Bilal. Yep. For I, sure. 100%. I completely agree. All right, listen, I mentioned that I'm in St. Louis now. I want to tell everybody about that. I'm here for CFFC Match Day uh, Thursday night. And if you haven't checked out CFFC Match Day, we're doing NCAA Division One wrestling. And I just want to say, I think if you, if you missed them so far – this might be one to jump in on. Now, you remember I told you the battle at the barn. I told people, man, you should check this one out. It's going to be amazing. I think this one is going to be that type of matchup as well. So tomorrow night, it's the Stiffle Theater here in St. Louis. It's this old theater, like fancy, nice, real theater, beautiful, decorated, all that. Um, and it is in Missouri taking on Illinois, right? So it's this big rivalry matchup. They're actually playing college football this weekend as well, so they're making it part of that. Ooh, like a whole, yeah, nice. whole right. It's called uh, it's called Mizzou to the Lou. Like this whole weekend is, you know, it's, <laughs> I like yeah, it. Missouri to St. Louis, Mizzou to the Lou. Um, but we're inside this theater, bro. 
we went over there today uh, after we got in town. We went over there for a production meeting and kind of walked through everything. This place is sold out, man. There's like 3,000 seats in this theater and sold out. It's going to be packed. Um, Missouri is ranked number three in the nation, so they are a powerhouse, man. They're, they are a phenomenal program. They feature uh, several, several athletes that are ranked in the top, um, including they have uh, one of the number one guys in the world, Keegan O'Toole. Um, so I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to this matchup. I think you're going to see high-level wrestling, to, to say the least. You actually have I – was, I was disappointed. You have – I was really looking forward to this when you found out it's not going to happen. So you have Edmund Ruth who's the brother of Ed Ruth, right? And he actually wrestles for Illinois. Yeah. It, it, I was going to say, I was like, I was like, they, they couldn't think of any name a little bit further off, Edmund and Ed Ruth. Well, maybe they want them all the same. You know, people have like the same first letters or whatever for their kids. Yeah. So anyway, he's, so he's here. And um, it was going to be cool because uh, he was going to uh, wrestle Peyton Mako, who's the son of Steve Mako, the, the wrestling coach at ATT. But uh, unfortunately, Mako's hurt, so that's not going to be happening. But uh, Ruth will still be in action, so definitely looking for that. But, um, yeah, if you haven't checked out CFFC Match Day, please do so tomorrow night. I think it's going to be really, really good. I think it's going to be some really, really memorable scenes, and it's going to be some high-level programs as well. And rivalries on top of that. So it's. Uh, I think it's going to be a fun scene, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I will not be on camera. I am, of course, in the production truck for these events. Um, but, I, I, but I like it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm getting the bug, dude. The live event production, man, it's fun, man. It, it's, it, it gets those little different nerves ready. You know what I mean? Like I love doing commentary, of course. Uh, but obviously MMA is more my thing than, than wrestling. But, um, you know, being part of the production team. For now. For now. Next for now. thing you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be – uh, wrestling John instead of MMA Junkie John or MMA John's yeah, gonna be wrestle hey, wrestle John, hey. truck John, we got production some, truck John, production <laughs> truck John. We got some submission grappling. We do. We're gonna have some Muay Thai in 2024 as well, man. The CFFC brand is growing, bro. So come I check like out Match it. Day tomorrow night, man. I think it's gonna be some really really memorable scenes and uh, especially. I mean, and that's cool. Number three, like scene number three ranked. Division one NCAA team is legit. I mean, like that's cool. I was just trying to look at the rankings. Illinois is not ranked at all. They're just outside. Um, so they do have some votes. They do have some votes, but they're just outside. Do they? Yeah, they're just outside of it. But yeah, I mean, oh yeah, they have four. Yeah, I see. I see they have four votes. Yeah, so, yeah. So they're they're a good that's team. Something. I mean, they're but, a good yeah, team. But like Missouri's the powerhouse for sure. Missouri, that's that's crazy. Number three, man, that's legit. They got them. They're ranked above Iowa, which Iowa is like a powerhouse. Yep. So that's that's legit. Obviously, the dynasty Penn State is up there at number one, deservedly. But yeah, to see a number three team and some of the guys, that's pretty cool. Missouri's, that's some high level shit right there. High level shit, bro. Missouri's roster has six wrestlers ranked in the top six in the nation in their weight class right now oh that's crazy yeah that's baller that's crazy (laughs) monster that's cool looking forward to it man i I think it's i think it's gonna be a lot of fun so definitely tune in they're fast you know what i mean it's just one meet so it's gonna be you know two hours uh, approximately so it does take a lot of time the action moves quick and dude the scenes are gonna be cool you know rob haydack that runs the cffc man he's a big big proponent of collegiate wrestling and he's just trying to elevate the platform and and yeah. um, and really get them some new eyeballs you know what i mean and obviously the, the UFC fan base is value. crazy yeah collegiate uh, like college wrestling fans are nuts i mean a lot of it's a lot of family it's a lot of friends a lot of people but they are diehard fans they're loud i mean if it's anything like meets i went and saw when i was still with ohio state it's crazy it's crazy it's really really cool uh 
getting I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Yeah, See? the crowd's really really loud. Uh, I love it, man. So I've, if that if any of that transpires, I'll have to I'll have to watch one of these match days because yeah, if it, any of that transpires into the the broadcast, <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch. You know, because I mean, there's nothing better than like you see these guys go out in their special when like the underdog pulls it out and the yep. crowd just goes absolutely nuts. Yep. Um, that's pretty cool, man. Very cool. This will be this will be the biggest crowd we have. So, like, the one in Wyoming was incredible. Like you said, we were out there on that wild horse sanctuary. The visuals were amazing. I mean, there's been some good matches. The high schools were cool. You know, we're back in these old, like, tiny high school gyms with all of our production equipment and everything. Like, those were fun. And those were smaller crowds, but it was a small building, so it got really, really loud. Especially because it's, you know, yeah, it's bet. an old gym. The sound's just, like, echoing off the thing or whatever. It was good. But, dude, this is going to be 3,000 people in this theater, man. I think it's going to be I think it's gonna be pretty special. I'm excited for it. You have to let me know, man. You guys ever go to Ohio State? You gotta let me know. I will let you know. I will let you know. That would be fun. I, I know they got a bit of a program. They got a bit of a program. It's, <laughs> it's not. It's not in the top five, but it's. Uh, it's still a I bit. Think, it's still think, pretty badass. I think they know a little something about wrestling in Ohio. I've heard they, they know, know a little something. something. They know a little something about it. They know a little <laughs> something. But I'm biased. I am a bit biased, but. Uh, yeah, that's legit, man. That's cool. That's very, very cool. I love it, man. Maybe, uh, maybe if we end up doing Ohio State someday, like you could come, uh, come work with the crew, or at least just hang out. Or that something. would be that'd that's be fun. dope. I'd take some time off to go do something like that. I'm always down to go back home. That'd be awesome, man. All right, well, listen. Uh, it's an off week for the UFC. It's a couple of off weeks for the UFCs. It's the holidays. So I don't want to keep people too long. Uh, as you know, we will continue to put out shows each and every week. Uh, I finally missed one, man. It was like eight and a half years. <laughs> That I never missed a week, but props to Cold Coffee and the rest of the crew there, man. Uh, Nolan, Jose, Oscar, man, all those. I love all those guys, man, and, and uh, they did a good job making it fun. I actually really did enjoy listening to all y'all and, and a little bit of chaos and just kind of shooting the shit, man. Uh, <laughs> yes, it, it was, was fun. It was, it, it, chaos. It, it was it was just the right amount of chaos <laughs> and just the right amount of trolling yeah. <laughs> me, so so it was good. But uh, anyway, yeah, I can feel my voice about to go. I mean, hopefully the coffee <clears> hasn't been too bad. I've been trying. Hopefully I get over this. Apparently my kid's really bad when I get back home, so uh, luckily the schedule's pretty light the next couple of weeks. We do have um, – Fury Professional Grappling at the end of the year. So mark that on your calendars as well. So we're doing that at the 2300 Arena. Uh, but, yeah, look forward to that. In the meantime, hopefully everybody enjoys their time off. Hopefully everybody enjoys the holidays, enjoys the family, because that's what it's all about, man. And uh, we really appreciate you. Thanks for listening.